Welcome everybody to the Class Act Podcast. It is Thursday, December 13th, and I know it's been a while since my last episode, but there's a little bit to talk about. Um, starting off with, I know, I know I'm late on this, but starting off with the Miami Miracle. The Miami Miracle, the lateral touchdown that they got to beat the Patriots. Folks, when I tell you that my nipples were hard when that happened, they were hard enough to cut through ice, and I'm not even joking about that because... This is what the Patriots deserve. This is what the Patriots deserve, and this is what Patriots fans deserve. They deserve all of the bad luck in the world. So, seeing that smug-ass look on Tom Brady's face before the last play happened, just to see him running off the field like a little bitch, was just so satisfying. And the first thing about it is, is that the Patriots are going to end up getting uh, a first-round bye and a top-two seed anyway, because... The last two games are uh, against Sam Sam uh, Darnold and Josh Allen, who are like the, statistically the two worst quarterbacks. They're two rookie quarterbacks, and they both stink. Uh, and they play them at home. And the most batshit crazy stat ever is that no team, no AFC East team, has gone into Foxborough and beaten Tom Brady in a game where he's played four quarters in the regular season since 2006. That is fucking bananas. That shows you how fucking shitty this division is. That they can't even steal one road playoff game in like 12 years. And I know the Jets beat the Patriots in the playoffs in Foxborough in 2010. But even if you include that, since like 2001, for the last you know 17 plus years, Tom Brady's been a starter. Only three times has an AFC East opponent gone into Foxborough and beaten the Patriots in a game where Tom Brady plays all four quarters. That That's just ridiculous. That's just bullshit. And the other thing is, is that the two best records in the AFC right now currently both belong in the AFC West. So that means that, let's say, if tonight when the Chargers are playing the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, if the Chargers were somehow to win... Which, I mean, you never know. It's any any given Sunday in the NFL. Um, the, the the Chiefs, there's like there's still a good chance that the Chiefs, who I still think have the best chance of being the Patriots, are going to be a wild card team. So, but knowing Tom Brady's luck, because he, he's had a horseshoe, he's had a magical horseshoe stuck up his ass since he first became a starting quarterback. Knowing Tom Brady's luck, what's going to happen is that the Chiefs are going to be a wild card team. The Chargers get the one seed, and the Chargers, in complete Charger fashion, completely shit their pants. They lose, so the Patriots get home field advantage throughout the playoffs again. Again, anyway, um, I mean, really, the only, the only for the Patriots, the only uh, the the only thing that's preventing them from being a uh, top two seed right now is let's say that the Steelers somehow get their heads out of their asses and, and are able to, to beat them on Sunday and then some other teams are able to to like like other teams like Houston maybe and um, there's I feel like there's another nine and fourteen that I'm missing. What am I what am I looking at here? I'm looking at profootballreference.com and there should be another team with four losses there that I'm not not sure about. Uh, no, I was wrong, but I was, for once I was wrong, so go ahead and laugh at me, but let's say Houston wins, 
And then that would, let's say Houston wins and then New England loses on Sunday. That would put Houston, I believe, at the, at the uh, I think that would knock New England out of a, a top two seed. But anyway, uh, really for me, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really worried about Ben Roethlisberger because he, he's an incredibly durable guy and he, he hurt his rib during the last game. And the controversy in Pittsburgh was, is that he was healthy enough to go in, but they, the Steelers kept him out, and the Steelers lost to a horrible Oakland team. Uh, and, you know, obviously people in Pittsburgh are not very happy about that, and they said, oh, well, Ben Roethlisberger was healthy, and he was staying on the sidelines. And it's very surprising to me, because Ben Roethlisberger you know, is such a competitor, and he's he wants to win so badly. I'm surprised, you know, the, the doctors, he said, I want to go in, and the doctors said, sorry, Ben, we can't let you go in. And, you know, I'm surprised that Ben took no for an answer. I really am, you know, because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that takes no for an answer. He's just such a classy, hardworking guy that it's just, it's just, I can't believe that they held him out for a few series. But anyway, um, I think, you know, the Steelers are, the Steelers were always the biggest tease. The Steelers were always, always, always the biggest tease. They have all this talent every year and they somehow just end up like, they always they always lose to shitty teams, and that always affects them in the playoffs. And even when they get to the playoffs, like last year, they make Blake Bortles look like Joe Montana, and they give up forty five points to Blake Bortles, which is is pretty embarrassing considering Blake Bortles sucks ass. Um, let's go to the NFC now. Um, really, the NFC is is more cut and dry than the AFC, which is pretty. Uh, pretty awkward because for really the last almost the last decade the AFC has been really horrible and the NFC has been really deep uh that's what she said um so really I mean right now the clear-cut two top two seeds are New Orleans and Los Angeles um and the surprise team of the year in the NFC has to be the Chicago Bears uh which is amazing because Mitch Trubisky they're nine and four they they clinched or at least they they're close to clinching the uh, the NFC North crown. Uh, Minnesota would have to win out, but I, I think uh, you know, Chicago winning the NFC North is incredible because they have a great defense uh, and because Mitch Trubisky is horrible and they're still able to do it. So Chicago is the typical team that does well in the regular season and then completely shits their pants in the first playoff game because their quarterback sucks. Um, speaking of quarterbacks Carson Wentz man I feel like I'm an Eagles fan so so like I was obviously ecstatic when they won the first their first Super Bowl last year but like the one person that Philadelphia winning the Super Bowl the the one person on the Eagles that winning the Super Bowl was bad for was Carson Wentz because for the rest of his career unless he's able to win another Super Bowl or two it's always going to be, he could go on to have like a Dan Marino type career where he throws for 60,000 yards and, and 500 touchdowns. And if he never wins another Super Bowl, people are going to be like, oh, well, his team won a Super Bowl without him. So was he ever really that good? And that's what, that's the big jab that um, a lot of division, that, you know, division teams like the Cowgirls and, and the Giants use. They're like, oh, well, you know, your quarterback, you know, his team. It, how how can he be good when his team won a Super Bowl without him? So I mean that's just that that's just the annoying thing. But now he's all he seems like he's injured again, and he might miss the rest of the year. I mean it's been a 
pretty fucking disappointing year for the Eagles. It's been a very frustrating year. I mean, they they go and they lose to a horrible Tampa team early on. Then they fucking give up a fourth and long in overtime against the Titans to lose there. Then they blow a fucking 17-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Panthers. Then you have the two games against Dallas, especially this last week with the fucking game-winning touchdown that they had where it fucking bounced off the defender's arms and right into Mari Cooper's hands for a touchdown that makes Dak Prescott, who's a fucking scrub, look good. It's just... It's just one of those seasons where, and also the the fumble against the Vikings that got returned for a big touchdown. Just, just a bunch of shit. Like Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, and that the fact that that oh his team won a Super Bowl without him is going to be held over him until he actually wins another Super Bowl. It, it it's it sucks, but I mean, it I'll, I'll but I'll fully admit like if Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, if Big Dick Nick Foles is able to somehow lead the, the Eagles into the playoffs, and like a miracle 2011s New York Giants Super Bowl run, I will eat my own face. I will fucking eat my own face because if that's the case, then Carson Wentz is gonna have to find another team <laughs> because you're right. You can't put a two times Super. Bowl, you can't you can't bench a guy who's led your team to two Super Bowls for a guy who hasn't done who hasn't started a playoff game. At that point, it would be like okay, we might have to think about going another direction. We might have to think about starting with Nick Foles, but. Like, you know, but other than that, Eagles fans are like, oh, we have to, we have to you know, Wentz is overrated, we have to keep Foles. Shut the fuck up, all right? Just shut the fuck up. Wentz is the quarterback of the future. Wentz is the quarterback of the future. I don't care if he's had some bad injury luck right now. I know that his, you know, he's, he's the end of his rookie contract is coming up, I believe, after next year. But if you're an Eagles fan and you've ever thought about saying we have to, you know, you know we have to look, we have to go forward with Foles instead of Wentz. Shut the fuck up, please. Just shut the fuck up. You're not a real fan. Wentz is the quarterback of the future, and that's fine. Folks, I am proud to welcome in my next guest, veteran actor Ray Liotta. Ray, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Ray, you're known for a lot of famous movies like uh, Field of Dreams, obviously Goodfellas. You're also in Wild Hogs. Uh, Tell us about what it's like to be stereotyped into that tough guy role. Well, for me, I'm here because I just love Chantix. You know, Chantix, it really helped me stop smoking. I don't have the urge to smoke anymore. It really works. So I'm very, very happy about that. Well, um, sir, I'm not, I'm not really talking about Chantix. I'm, t- I'm trying to talk about your movie career. You know, I, I don't really want to talk about my movie career right now. I, I just want to talk about how Chantix destroyed my marriage. My wife gave me an ultimatum. She said, look, it's either me or the Chantix. And I said, fuck you, bitch. I'm going with the Chantix. Uh, I, I don't really know if that's any of my or the listener's business, but uh, I guess that's okay. You trying to be a wise guy with me, buddy? Uh, no, I'm just trying to ask some questions, Ray. You know, the other day I went to the bar. I said, give me a glass of Chantix. And the bartender said, we don't have Chantix. So I said, well, what the fuck are you here for then? So what I do? I fucking beat his kneecaps in with a bat. You don't fuck around with Chantix. I'm pretty sure that's assault, and you could probably be put in jail for that, Ray. Yeah, well, you know what? For the Chantix, it's worth it. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll try to ask you some questions about your movie career, considering that I got you on here. Uh, what is your favorite role that you've ever done? My favorite role is probably the fact that I was in a Chantix commercial. 
you know, I get a lot of rave reviews about my Chantix acting, and it really helps me, it really helps me stop smoking, because I love, I used to love smoking, but now I took some Chantix, and boom, I'm not smoking anymore. It cost me my marriage, but it was worth... Okay, well, I, I can see that this interview is going nowhere. Uh, thanks, Ray, for, for coming on, and I hope that you are able to avoid jail time. All right, thanks for having me. If, if, if you ever want any Chantix, let me know. You got my number. All right, Ray, thanks. Yeah, what a fucking mess that was. I, I hope Ray is able to get his life together, because that, that was definitely a tough scene. Now, let's get back to sports again. Let's talk about the NBA. Uh, and the big story in the NBA so far this year is, well, I, I don't really know if there has been one main big story in the NBA this year. It's It's been kind of weird. There's really no one um, clear-cut MVP leader. I mean, some people are arguing for Giannis. There's obviously LeBron because he's always in there. And then you got some people who are saying Steph Curry's there, despite the fact that he's missed 11 games. Um it, I think, look, I think the clear-cut MVP is LeBron because the fact that he has the Lakers as a playoff team in the West and his old team, the Cavaliers, is 7-21. and 21, So they're at the bottom of the East. I mean, if you go, look, it's not that hard. The Cavaliers, okay, from 2011 to 2014, they had the worst record in the NBA. LeBron comes back for four years. They make the finals four straight years. They win an NBA title. LeBron leaves again, and they go right back into the shitter, okay? There is no doubt. There is no doubt who the most valuable player in the NBA is. It's LeBron Ramon James, and it will be that way until he retires. I don't want to hear about why Steph Curry, who is able to win games with three other all-NBA players on his team, with Kevin Durant on his team, who is averaging like 45 points and averaged 34 points for an entire month. I don't want to hear why Steph Curry, whose team won a fucking playoff series without him last year, is more valuable than LeBron James. I don't want to hear it. I don't care about Steph's gravity. I don't care about how many awesome threes he makes. Which, by the way, last night when Steph Curry shit his pants, that was fucking great because some the Steph Curry hype needs to die down. And it's been this way, really, for Steph ever since he became a great NBA player, because his first three years, everybody knows he had ankle issues and he wasn't really able to break out. And then starting in year four was when he started to become a great player. And the entire time, the media, and it's one of those mind-blowing things I've ever seen in sports. The media really tried to push, it, it's, it's, it's really a great trick how the media has, has, whenever LeBron and Steph go against each other, it's, LeBron is is the guy who's had everything, and Steph is the underdog. And it could not be any more different, because here's the fact, here's the deal. Steph was born into a rich family. His dad played in the NBA for like 16 years, okay? Steph, as a kid, was flying on private jets and going around and playing with NBA players in his free time as a little kid because his dad was in the NBA. LeBron was born to a poor single mother, had to move from house to house growing up, okay? LeBron LeBron made it because of his talent. Now, that's not to say Steph Curry doesn't work hard, but this idea that LeBron like just became as successful as he did strictly off of physical talent doesn't make any sense because there's a ton of people that have incredible physical gifts, 
and they don't become successful. I mean, how many stories have we heard of guys who had it all but threw it away? You got to give LeBron credit for persevering through a horrible upbringing. And the fact that people have tried to turn Steph Curry into the underdog is beyond laughable. Okay, they're like, oh, well, he wasn't a heavily recruited guy coming out of high school. Okay, well, he still got a D1 scholarship. Oh, well, coming in the NBA, he wasn't expected to be this good. And that's true. He was not expected to become an all-time great, but he was still an All-American, and he was still the seventh overall pick. This idea that Steph Curry was some undrafted guy is just, the media has pushed this underdog role for Steph Curry, and I've never seen Steph Curry get any slander, even when he plays like dog shit in the finals. Okay, like, could you just imagine if LeBron's team, imagine if the Heat in 2013 won the title with LeBron sitting out an entire playoff series. Do you think that people would just let that go? No. Steph misses an entire playoff series last year. They win it. Nobody says it. Nobody uses it to discredit Steph's titles. It different standards. It's different standards. And I feel like I've been over this before, but it seems like the media never learn. Okay? And you would think that after last year, when we saw LeBron put up one of the greatest postseasons of all time, not even seven months ago. Okay. Not even seven months ago, we watched LeBron carry one of the worst teams in the NBA to the finals again. And people are still trying to pretend like he's not the best player in the world. It is mind-blowing. And look, the NBA, when LeBron retires, the NBA is going to be in deep shit because people on both sides of the aisle, LeBron lovers and LeBron haters, I don't think we, we all recognize just how much attention and revenue LeBron generates for the NBA. I mean, take LeBron out of the equation. What gripping storylines are there in the NBA. Really, what is there to keep your attention? Giannis? I mean, I mean that that's cool. I mean, he's 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 a physical freak and he does some cool dunks, but there's nothing interesting about Milwaukee. Well, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are a surprise team. They're currently first in the West. What's who gives a fuck about the Nuggets? Nobody. The Raptors? A team that's not even in the United States? Who gives a fuck? You're telling me that Kawhi Leonard is going to be media generating? The guy won't even fucking talk in interviews. Like, LeBron generates so much storylines and drama for the NBA that when he's finally done, when he's finally retired, the NBA is going to be in big trouble. It'll be very similar to right after when Jordan retired from the Bulls in 98, where the NBA had that four to five year stretch where there was really no clear-cut alpha dog, and the the viewership tanked. That's really what it's going to be when LeBron is gone. I don't think enough people recognize that right now. And, again, this goes back to the NBA's biggest problem, and that's the fact that everybody knows in October who's going to be holding the trophy in June. And there's this idea that, okay, you can like just... Just try and ignore that. Just try and ignore the fact that we all know Golden State's going to win. Okay? And just enjoy the regular season. As a sports fan, I watch sports because of the suspense. Okay? Sports are not supposed to be, unless you're talking about pro wrestling, sports are not supposed to be, you know, predictable. That's why you watch sports. You watch sports to be entertained. You watch sports for the upsets. You watch sports for the unpredictability. When you already know that Golden State is going to win seven months before the final start, there's it's hard to 
get excited about anything that happens. And that's why what a lot of the NBA shit, the NBA is kind of turning into, you know, a, a drama reality show with all this off the court shit because on the court, there's really nothing to get excited about if you are a real basketball fan because I, I, I liken it to The Matrix, how when Neo found out that he was in The Matrix, when he got told he was in The Matrix, he had the choice to either come to the real world or stay in the Matrix where it was nicer. And to me, that's what the that's what watching the NBA is like a little bit, where it's like you you can either you can either come to the real world and recognize that Golden State's gonna win as long as they have all these great players on the team, or you can take the other pill and pretend like everything's okay and just ignore the reality. And for me, I'm just I'm a guy like I just can't ignore the the facts which are that the nba is in a bad spot right now and until golden state gets broken up or until that's why i hope durant leaves but i don't know i don't know what durant's gonna do kevin durant is one of the most i I don't even know how to explain him but he's one of the most bitch made athletes i've ever seen he he's like the, the the incredible irony and i've talked about this before about kevin durant is that he does all this amazing shit for a fan base that wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. it's I've never seen anything like it. He goes out there, he puts on two historically great Finals performances, and what does he get for it? You took away Steph's Finals MVP! That's his That's his reward. And yet he doesn't seem to mind. It, I've never seen anything like it. It's just so... Like, I've never seen anything like Kevin Durant. It's such... It's seeing him doing that, and Warriors fans are just... just Warriors fans are just such cancer. They're just, they're just like they're just like Patriots fans. Um, they're just such can They're so cancerous, and they can't not wait until the Warriors are broken up, and there's some suspense back in the NBA. And as a LeBron fan, I hope that it's before LeBron's retired, uh, because LeBron's legacy deserves better than being known as a guy with a three and six finals record. All right, so it's it's Thursday night football tonight, so I might as well give my prediction. Um, I'm going to say the, the Chargers have, I don't think the Chargers have won a game against Kansas City since 2013, so I think they're, they're what, like 0-8, 0-9 since in their last eight or nine games against, against the Chiefs, so the Chiefs pretty much own the Chargers. I'm going to go against the green here. I'm going to say the Chargers, it seems like they're having that type of magical season. The Chargers sneak out a win, 35-31 in Arrowhead. Philip Rivers is having a great season. Philip Rivers is—he's a very underrated quarterback. I feel like if because he doesn't have any rings, obviously he gets discredited for it. But I feel like Philip Rivers is having a great season. Very underrated quarterback. I think he'll outplay Patrick Mahomes, who plays on one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And the Chiefs' defense—I for as for as phenomenal as Patrick Mahomes is, and he is absolutely phenomenal. I don't see the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Because their defense is one of the worst in the league. Their defense is horrible. So I think their defense is gonna fuck them in the ass, and they're gonna fuck the char- They're gonna fuck the Chiefs over tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Chargers 35, Chiefs 31. That's my prediction. I'm sticking by it. Respect the troops and stay classy. Amen.